Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your hosts chris schubert's here floating around producing this thing we're all from the draft network we're brought to you by bet online the number one spot for all your sports wagering information they've got everything over there guys nfl nhl nba soccer esports you name it you can find it over at bet online super easy to navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device They've got everything, contests, giveaways, sports podcast. Everything's over at Bet Online. And we have a deal for you. Use our promo code BLEAVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Personal Space Day to you. Let, let me ask you a question. What, what's on your screen right now? What are you, what are you looking at right now? You. Okay, so you, <laughs> I was trying to violate your personal space in the lead into the podcast because I had these this cauliflower stuffed in my mouth, and Chris is dying, right? Laughing, and I'm dying. Didn't, guy and, didn't flinch. Yeah, I might as well just been a ghost. You were you were staring straight through us, no emotional reaction. He, I was stunned. He did do the Joe thing where he closed his eyes at one point to keep yeah. himself kind of centered in the read, yeah. but. He, he was a professional, unlike you and I. I kept Bravo. my eyes closed for a good 30% of that, too. Bravo. That's you can like you have a you have a partner and a, a, a sponsor for long enough. Right. And you know the vibe. You, you know exactly what they want you to communicate to people who listen to this show. Um, I, there's one company I could still do the 60 second ad read. I don't think we've had them for mm. for about a year and a half now. Is it a colorful tablet? Uh, no, it's not a colorful <laughs> tablet. It's where you can buy automobile parts. Oh yeah! All yeah. right, no free, no free ads here. No free ads here. I ain't saying your name. I don't think so. But happy, happy National Personal Space yeah. Day to you as well. Which, which quarterback's personal space in the the pocket do you feel like was most infringed upon this past weekend? Um, Russell Wilson. I thought that'd be a fun. I thought that'd be a fun football tie-in, and it, it fell flat on its face. So that's, uh, we could go Russ Wilson. That's a, that's a good one. Hmm. Kyle Allen's a good one. Didn't want to take the low-hanging fruit, right? That's why I perked up on Russ Wilson too. Um, I, you don't have the answer. This is we're speculating. No, this is, I this genuinely is was asking oh, you yeah. an arbitrary. Yeah. We, we talked Kyle about Kyle Riffing. Bit. Riffing. Yeah, this is Kyle Riffing yeah. without having a plan, and this is what happens when he does that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if Joe, you had an answer. No, Chris, I didn't. Chris so gave you an answer, and I gave an answer. And I'm over here thinking just, all serious about it. You just know? say Matt Ryan, and we'll move on. <laughs> I was like, thinking about Matt Ryan after watching that yeah. last night. What a what a rough oh my offense Lord. that is to watch. People are mad at at Jeff Saturday about keeping those timeouts, man. Well, yeah. Guy goes on on uh, get up in the mornings two months ago and says, "Let's talk about clock management," and and keeps three timeouts in his pocket with forty seconds left at the end of the game in scoring range, and you need a touchdown. Like, yeah, I'd probably be a little upset if I was a Colts fan too. But like, you know, the the blissful ignorance of not never being a head coach before is wasn't afraid. <laughs> just say wasn't afraid to keep those timeouts and oh. and turn them in like they're a uh, our free nugget. Um, vouchers when you go to the basketball game and they miss the the two free throws so you bring your ticket stub and go get free nuggets it's you, using those timeouts for that even if you thought you had like momentum or something right like you didn't it was third third and short right. on a matt ryan scramble and <laughs> just bad he wasn't he wasn't afraid though that was afraid, though. and then they come out and they run the ball on, on third down <laughs> i know it's, right. it's like the worst. It thing took you him like twenty. Do. Was it like twenty six seconds off the clock to not get a yard? 
to, to run the ball on third third and one in a, a one minute situation. It's bad. Incredible. Check the tape, tier maker. I don't know why every week we show up to this recording and I live in fear that we have the same topic for check. I promise you we don't because mine's on a player that I did. I'll tell you, I asked Kyle on the pre-show. He wouldn't tell me. So here's what's the, uh, uh, mine is going to be unique because it's not a player that I did and it's not a team that I watched this week. I did something extra for this, for this segment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my interest is peaked. If you'd like to, to, to lead us off into check. I'm going to be talking about Illinois running back chase Brown. Oh, Oh, Joe, okay. are you going to make us do the thing that we did last week with Kyle and go through teams and? No. Yeah, you, are we going to are we going <laughs> to do a a thirty minute bit here? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh about that because in the moment but, I'm like, oh, Kyle, really? We're going to be here for two hours. But, <laughs> but let's be fair. We got some feedback after the show did we? from some people that really liked that in the TDM Premium Discord. There were a handful of people that said, hey, we we, we thought that was really enlightening and we really enjoyed doing that, even though it was a large lift. A new segment okay. called our, The our, Thing. Our, just the thing. We're going to do the thing. Doing the thing was fine. <laughs> Not telling us ahead of time that we wanted to do the thing was, I think, Joe and I's biggest problem. But, we but did. that's my thing. would have been nice. Kyle that's had the thing. thing lined up for three different cycles through the entire NFL. We had 90-something data plots to work. 96, 32 times three. Did yeah, I do the math there, right correctly? <laughs> there's a part of it that's better if you don't prepackage that, and it's just like the spontaneous oh, I know. I know. reaction. Yeah, but we can't let you off the hook. You got to take. You got to eat a little crow on that, you know? So... All right, I guess I'm going first, huh? Keeping it in the Big Ten, boys. I took some time this morning watching C.J. Stroud against the Michigan Mm. Wolverines, and I want to talk about what I saw. So what was the quote? C.J. Stroud, I'm I'm falling asleep last night, scrolling Twitter. Isn't that what everybody does, or am I, like, unique in that, right? Uh, prob- maybe you guys have bedtime routines. But I don't want to get into that one. <laughs> to C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, let me let me bail you out for just a second. Thank I'll you. help you out here. Thank you. I used to do that, but now, like, my subconscious brain turns off my alarm if it's within reach of my body when it goes off in the morning because I'm getting up in a more uncomfortable time than I normally do. So I have to put the fo- like, I have to make the conscious decision to put the phone out of arm's reach when I go to bed. Oh, really? So I can no longer just sit there and lay with my head on the side of the pillow and just sit here and, and scroll for, for 10 minutes like I normally did. Man, my wake-up routine is now I wake up and I hope that it's like 1 in the morning, but I wake up every morning and it's 4.59. Mm. <laughs> every day. Now, uh, are you hoping it's one in the morning so you can get up and go? Or no, are you so just hoping it's that time so you can go back to sleep? So got I can it. take a piss got and it, go it, back it. to sleep. But no, it's 4.59. It. It's like, all right, time, it's go time, baby. Anyway, CJ Stroud, what, there was a quote that I was reading last night that was something along the lines of, uh, you know, they're, I'm going to be remembered as a guy that couldn't beat Michigan, right? Got news for you, folks. The Ohio State Buckeyes couldn't beat Michigan. This This isn't a loss that I put squarely on C.J. Stroud. And I want to kind of talk about that. First of all, the reason that the Ohio State Buckeyes lost to Michigan is because they gave up touchdown plays, not drives, plays of 69, 75, 75, and 85 yards. Four explosive touchdowns that were literally 69 yards or more. One play, 28 points, right? That's why you lost the football game. C.J. Stroud played well enough to win in this game, and I'll even go as far as to say is that I think he played well. And so I was making my notes here, and I had two columns, good and I had bad. And let's start with good. The guy dropped dimes. The guy had some big-time throws down the field in this game, had his team in position to score routinely over and over and over again. I thought he made good decisions with the football. He was willing to test tight windows. He was willing to give his really talented receivers chances to make plays on the ball when they were leveraged in man coverage. I was really satisfied with the throws that C.J. Stroud made in this game. They were winning throws. Now, I thought Michigan did a really good job with their scheme of taking away some of those manufactured quick throws that – Ohio State likes to tap into really kind of some creative stuff with how they 
bracketed they do the double twins and they kind of bracketed them and was kind of willing to buzz that defensive end out there to kind of take away some of those slant flat combinations that you know that they like to run. I thought Michigan had a really good scheme to take away some of that manufactured stuff, but I thought CJ Stroud really rose to the occasion when he had opportunities to work the football into the second and third level of the field. I thought he played well. Now, when I think about what went wrong for CJ Stroud against the Michigan Wolverines is I think you still kind of saw the three biggest concerns that I had with him when I studied him over the summer. And that's the tendency to kind of drift in the pocket and fade, right? There's too much backwards in CJ Stroud when he's working in the pocket, he's still toesy, right? Like that's just who he is. You, you don't expect that from a quarterback that doesn't have height issues, but he is toesy in the pocket, which affects, I think a lot of things that happen with his sequencing. You know, he doesn't get all his cleats in the ground. He kind of has to be very deliberate with how he gets himself aligned. And it's, 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 it takes something away from consistency with ball placement and even velocity. And there's still that reluctancy to run. And we have to accept that CJ Stroud is just not a dual threat quarterback, right? That's not, that can't exist in the scouting report on CJ Stroud. He's not a dual threat quarterback. He doesn't run. He doesn't weaponize his legs. He hasn't done it for two years. It's not going to start happening. All right. So that's the stuff that like, all right, let's just be honest about, at least from a scouting perspective, the stuff that you didn't like, all right, that stuff. But goodness gracious, those three drops that Ohio State had, one from Marvin Harrison, one from Cade Stover, one from uh, Double E, name's tough for me to pronounce, whatever his name is. Abuka. Abuka, that guy. Those were killer drops. And it took points off the board. Two of them did. Now, look, that's part of the game, right? But, like, those were critical moments where they took points off the board due to drops. But I look at what people are probably going to talk about with the two interceptions late in the game. The game was out of hand because Michigan had those explosive plays. The first one, the flip pass, third and 10. It's a 38-23 to 23 ball game with four and a half minutes left in the game. He's you know, Nobody's open. There's nobody open. C.J. Stroud tries to step forward and flip the ball, and – it didn't get to his target. It went to a Michigan defender. He didn't have anyone open. He tried to make a play down two scores with under five minutes left in the game. Then you have a situation where it's the seam shot. It's a 45-23 to 23 game. Third and nine, the seam shot to Stover, which was a great throw. He dropped it in between three defenders. Hit off the hands of Stover and into the hands of a Michigan defender. The two interceptions came when they're down multiple scores with under four and a half minutes left in the ball game. You don't. You can't sit there and say, "Well, C.J. Stroud turned the ball over twice and they didn't beat Michigan." No, he had to. He had to try to do something because the game was out of hand because his defense sucked. So when I watch this game and, and we and C.J. Stroud is 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 taking the 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 fall for not being able to be, beat Michigan, man, I think the list of things that didn't go right for Ohio State is so long before I sit there and say, you know what, C.J. Stroud was a primary reason why they lost to the Wolverines. I thought, I thought CJ Stroud played well. I really do. You should know better than to expect nuance to come in conversations like this. But I feel like that's where the conversation is right now. Of course it is. It's down on CJ Stroud. What? What? Did he, did he give up explosive plays on defense? Did he drop passes? I don't know. I, I really didn't take much exception with C.J. Stroud. I thought he played well enough to win. Ohio State's issues for the last couple years have always been rooted in vanilla defensive scheme that doesn't really evolve a whole lot. They've been down on defensive talent the last couple years. Especially in the and, back end. Right. So that's your explosive plays in the passing game that Michigan cashed in on to keep themselves in the game when Ohio State had a chance to wrestle it away. And then once it became a net neutral game, you gave up 200 rushing yards in the second half. And I understand a lot of that was on on one run by Donovan Edwards, but like, hello, you gave up 200 rushing yards in the second half of the football game. That's why you lost. Right. Because Michigan punched you in the mouth. So I I think the big thing here is we've we've tried to – kind of come out the regular season's over guys for the, for the for the big quarterbacks I don't know that there's a whole lot of new information coming right can can I interject there I'm sure. glad you said that what is a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young going to show you in a bowl game or a conference championship game or the college football playoff that's going to dramatically change 
what your yeah, I just need to see him play one right. more big game. No, you don't. They're films. They're years. film at this point. Two years. Yeah. yeah. You've you've got all the information that you're going to get. You're you're not. And it, if you do have one game at the very end of the road that dramatically changes your opinion, so well, I challenge you to evaluate your your decision making process and how you come to that conclusion because yeah. it, it that that we see recency bias with quarterbacks every year. Mitch Trubisky over Stanford in the Sun Bowl. Right. There's plenty of examples of a quarterback yeah. who balls out in a bowl game and, and gets momentum. Right. I I got to be honest with you. I, there's a there's a good chance that outside of the college football playoffs, I won't watch a single bowl game live. I'll be just I did that last. I did that last year. I don't it was think very, I, same thing. It was very freeing. It was very right. freeing. Like what am I doing here? I, I it's more it's more it's better for me to use this time actually writing reports and and going back and watching game tape and and investing my time there as opposed and, to watching Arizona State play against Nevada in the Cheez Its Bowl. Well, Chris is bad. First of all, ASU didn't wasn't good enough to play the Cheez It Bowl. Second of all, <laughs> don't you slander my team like that. They have two. There's two Cheez It Bowls now. Have you seen this? There are They've two Cheez It Bowls now. Yes, two bowls. It's a little get them all. Are Cheez Its even good? Do you guys like Cheez Its? Uh, my goldfish, daughter loves Cheez Its. Goldfish greater than signed Cheez Its. I would agree. You know what? I'm super down on Cheez Its because of the commercials. The talking wheel of cheese. I want to punch in the oh. face. Wow. Wow, that's strong. Kyle's Doesn't even have a face. That's maybe that's the problem. <laughs> All right, CJ Stroud. There's my rant. No, I think I think it's good perspective, and and I agree with you with bowl games in general. Wait three days until the All Twenty Two comes in, and, and watch the game for the players who played in the bowl game right. with the All Twenty Two, and and evaluate it that way instead of dropping four hours on a random weekday to watch the Bahamas bowl right. and have fansville, Dr. Pepper and cheese. It's okay. commercials take 40 think- minutes of your, your, your life. And it's just not a very efficient experience for, for investing your time. Chris, don't go slan- ahead. I know you're- don't slander the Bahamas bowl like that. They didn't do anything wrong. Okay. I'm just mad. We didn't get invited. Well, maybe we get a draft dudes bowl. You know, I, we shouldn't slander the process if we get a ball named after the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would like to extend an invitation to James Madison to play in the Draft Dudes Bowl. Right. You know what? This should be a thing. This should be a thing. We should do this. I don't know how we pull it off, but we should try this. NCAA 14, Chris. Well, that do we have a unanimous selection for our first team that we're going to invite? Well, it's James Madison for sure. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is we can't pick teams that are already going to other bowl games, right? Right. So you have to pick like, I think it would be the third in line five and seven team would be who you would have to pick. Because I think two, five, and seven teams are playing in bowl games. Well, first of all, we could do whatever we want. It's our bowl game. Yeah, but we also can't pull from other bowls that already exist. Well, that's why James Madison's the perfect selection. You're not going to get invited anyplace else. So they're in. So we have to figure out who they're going to play. Okay. So we'll we'll let that marinate. Yeah. And then we should do custom rosters and and do it, Chris, on Twitch with NCAA 14. We'll work on it. Yeah, okay. Great. Outstanding. I want to talk about Chase Brown, running back from Illinois. This is, uh, let me make sure. Chris, can, can you do me a favor, Chris? I'm going to tap into your expertise here. Can you Google the FBS rushing leaders for the season so I can speak intelligently on where Chase Brown falls in these? I believe sure. he's leading the FBS in rushing yards. Let me let me work on um, it while you but talk. But that may be fact, infactual. So Chase Brown... Former track star, um, has a twin brother at Illinois, Sidney Brown, safety, who I liken to like discount Antoine Winfield Jr., kind of from a stature perspective, versatility perspective, speed perspective, like really likable player. Yes, Chris. Trace Brown, number two in FBS in rushing yards at 1,643. Uh, He leads all power five backs. The only person in front of him, Dwayne McBride, UAB running back. So the power five leader in rushing yards. Uh, listed at approximately 5'10", 200, 205. Um, really, really fun player to watch. Uh, ha- has totally changed the narrative about who he is this year as a player. You know, those 200-pound backs who aren't necessarily built super dense, you always have questions about how big of a workload. Like, are they they genuinely engineered to handle? And Brown has been one of the most high-volume ball carriers with, with Brett Bielema this season, and he's done very well. He got banged up at the end of the year, and it looked like it looked a lot scarier than what it was. But um, 
I watched Chase Brown play. I ended up grading him out as a 78. Okay, I think that's important for me to note at the top because that, that's a third-round valuation in our process. The games I watched were Indiana, Virginia, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. Games from this year. I watched five games. And I graded him as a third-round player, but I really struggled with the valuation portion of Chase Brown because you, you see his build, you see the way he runs, you see the metrics that illustrate that he has a very high volume of yards after contact. But when you watch him run, he's not churning tough yards. He's a little bit more of a wide slash outside zone speed to the perimeter type player. Now, he has had success popping big runs. He popped a big run against Wisconsin between the tackles. But if you get if you get anything on his frame, like I, I wouldn't suggest he has really good contact balance, but people will look at his numbers and they will look at yards after contact and they'll say, oh, well, that's a strength of his game. I think it's a little skewed towards the home runs that he hits where he is able to break contact, but I didn't see it consistently game in and game out, especially high volume areas between tackles. So what I wanted to just talk about, Joe, it was having you kind of chime in and, and contextualizing numbers like that, like yards after contact for players and, and any players that come have come to your mind or do come to your mind in the past for you that maybe were home run hitters, but didn't have the consistency in churning the pile and leg drive and earning hard yards and willingness to stick his foot in the ground and get North and earn six yards instead of trying to bounce outside and get, 10. No, I, I comped him to Raheem Moster, who's a track guy and played at Purdue and bounced around a little bit, found success with the 49ers in a very specific kind of scheme and has been successful this year in Miami. Um, but he's that kind of runner for me. And I hope that paints the appropriate picture for the speed to the perimeter. But then like when you try and run him in traffic, despite the fact of what the numbers say, I think the film tells you something different. And because of that, it was just like, I ended up higher on him than what I was in the summer, but it was more based off the proving himself in a workload from a passing game and a running game perspective versus changing who he is as a player, even though his production is dramatically different. What's up with the fumbles? He's got five fumbles this year. I mean, I know it's 329 carries, but five of them seems like a fair amount. It's um, It made the punch list. Yeah. For items of note. I mean, he's just, if you look at his build too, in general, like he's not a densely built dude. He's, he's well proportioned, but he's almost like, this is a name. This is not a comp for style of play or anything. You remember seeing Wayne Gallman at the combine mm -hmm. and Gallman was like 210 and you're like, where has he got 210 pounds? Right. Right. Like I, I see Chase Brown listed at 200, 205, and I'm like, he looks lighter than that. And he carries his weight extremely well, but he's just not, you think about some of these running backs that are super dense and built low to the ground and carry a lot of muscle mass, and a lot of it's in, in the core and in the trunk and in the, the, the hips and the waist, and he's not built like that. So in general, I think him taking contact is, is an area for him that, I don't think will be a strength of his at the pro level, even though I think he's going to be a good player. Body type wise, he sounds like James Cook. I don't think that's, I think he's a little better off than James Cook, but that's, that's the right kind of picture to paint. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got 10 pounds on James, but the same, like, okay, five ten, five eleven, around 200 pounds. Yep. Yep. You, you, uh, James, James averaged four yards after contact per rush in 2021 at Georgia. Smaller volume of carries, obviously, but that's not his game. You'd look at that and say he's got great contact bounds. No, not at all. I'm glad we had another name. That was a, that was my number one thing I hope we would accomplish in this is invoking another name. Because I think it's always helpful to bring historical examples or recent examples yeah. of kind of this conflict between the numbers will tell you he's top five in the country in yards after contact. But I'm watching the tape telling you I don't think he's especially good in taking on and absorbing and 
exceeding after contact. What's the I think it's just disproportionate. Like? It's pretty good. They use him in the, the um, they hit a big play. Which game was it? They hit a big play up the scene. They ran him on the rail and went up over top. They use him in the screen game. He's got a really good appetite for pass protection as far as like passing downs in general. But again, he's just, he's not really built to thrive there. So he's got a good appetite for it. He's, he takes his scan protections and di- diagnosis really well. But with that frame, if you're taking on a second level free runner who's coming through the, the B gap or the A gap, you've got to really challenge them at first contact to offset that. And, and I think there's times where his, his quarterback got a little crowded because, you know, he takes that contact on eagerly, but he just doesn't have the raw anchor that like a 225, 230 pound back would. Tear maker time. This is Good your, player. Your... Good player. You think top 10 back in the class? Yeah, I gave him a 78. I'd be very surprised. I mean, yeah. he, he might be a top six. Yeah. I mean, I don't, not to do the thing. I don't want to do the thing. Do the thing. Let's do the thing. No. We're not ready the, to do the thing here, right? Like that's- Bijan, Jameer, just off the top of my head, guys that I'm comfortable will be in front of him. Bijan, Jameer. Um, Tucker will probably be ahead of him for me, even though I think Chase in the right situation can be a more productive ball carrier. Um, I don't know where you're at on Zach Evans. I know he's got great tools. I've not seen much of him this year. Yeah. And then Kendra Miller. Um, you're gosh is darn it, right. I need to see more of him. I just haven't seen enough to speak intelligently on, on his game, but I've, I've an, seen enough to know that, that he's silky smooth. He makes big plays. He's been productive. Like I've seen enough to know he's going to be in that conversation. There's so, another um, Zach that we're missing. Charbonnet, Corum, the... Devon A Chain. What are you I, doing with him? I don't know. No, no. Corum's <laughs> going to be a weird one because right. he's a really likable player, but he's he's got the uh, the Isaiah Spiller athleticism profile going for him, right? Smaller, <laughs> a smaller Isaiah Spiller. Now, probably without the fumbles, right? Right, right. So that's good. I'm good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, I think we all wish that life would come with a user manual to help us through all of the ups and downs, but unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So when it's not working for you, it is normal to feel stuck. It's normal to feel like things are out of sorts. Navigating any of life's challenges, whether that is a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent, all of the stresses of life, it can make you feel unsure. While therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of all of those challenging emotions and help you learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of that complex engine called you and your brain. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash draftdudes. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash draft dudes tier maker Wednesday and this tier maker is because rumors have started to come out of nowhere of potential landing spots for Sean Payton as a head coach so we decided you know what let's open the floodgates all 30 teams are on the table we're gonna do the thing which teams should be willing to move the draft capital that it would take in order to get Sean Payton as their next head coach there are four buckets that we put these players in the should absolutely do it the should consider it, the not ready to make that kind of move, and the no chance. Now, I'll tell you this. Those last two buckets are very similar. There's a very, there's not a big difference between those. And to I'm going to steal Joe's point ahead of time. If a team doesn't have a first-round pick, they're immediately in one of those two buckets because they cannot be in this conversation. So there you have it. So how do we want to do this? How do we want to go through the teams? Am team I doing by this team. Alpha? Tell us the bucket. Right, but... Okay, but I need a, I need a, like an alphabetical order up or something here. This is, whatever oh, so, order you go with, so it why don't we matter. why don't we why don't we pull up NFL standings and then just start going? Right. Okay. You can NFL, do this, Chris. I believe in you. Okay. Man. Just give me a second here. I wasn't really prepared to immediately go here. 
I gotta mute the NFL.com tab because it's very loud. They play Chris. videos all the time. Just give me a second, okay? Relax. Chris. It's easy. Just it's relax. It's like the 100th time we've done the concept like this. Okay. Let me let me filibuster for Chris. I'm ready, so you don't need to filibuster. Oh, now, now you're ready. Great. I, I, I genuinely struggle with identifying teams that I think should... What are we defining the necessary draft capital as? It's at I'll least a one. Me. At least a one. Okay. I got. Th- I put three teams in to absolutely do it. Bucket. Ooh, I got way more than that. Three. I got more in the should consider it bucket, but I have three Ooh, in the absolute that's my smallest bucket. bucket. I have two. But again, this is ju- this is where Joe just the elite of the elite. He just jams as many teams as he can in the top tier. We do this every what week. Are you talking? I, I have six in the top tier. That's six, six, seven, that's three. Six, t- that's six. It's three. Too I have many. a very very strong ideological issues with this, but we'll talk my, about no, it. No, my my. My thought process was was impacted heavily by your comments, Kyle. About I think we were talking about this for some team, and you're like, "Do you think that the what was like the Chargers or something like that?" It's like, "Do you think that whoever they're going to get the twenty third pick will have a bigger impact than if they were to have Sean Payton?" And so I did okay. that for a lot of these guys. Sure, yes. and then you have you have too many teams in this should absolutely do it bucket, but we'll get there when we get there. Let's, we start. Let's go. We're going in reverse order. It's courtesy of the NFL.com standing. So the Houston Texans. I have not ready. Not ready is where I have them as well. I also have the Houston Texans in the not ready bucket. They need all the draft capital that they can get. Right. Well, and their first round pick. It, well, they got the other, the other first. They round have pick. two, but yeah, we're going to need both. We need yeah, both. We need both. We need players. We need players. <laughs> the Chicago Bears. I put not ready. Not I ready. Put, I put no chance. They're not going to consider making a. Oh, no, this isn't predictive. The, this is not predictive. This is whether or not we think they should. Yeah, no chance. I feel feel comfortable with what I did there. Uh, the Rams. Well, no I chance. Joe, based on your methodology, you put them in no chance because they don't have a first yeah, round pick. No chance. Sorry, that's the long list. So there's a lot of teams in there for me to look at. The Denver Broncos. Listen. No, Joe. They don't have a first round pick. You're right. They, they don't. But but what did Jamie Eisner put in Discord? Russell Wilson for Drew Brees, who says, or Russell Wilson for Sean Payton, who says no? The Saints, the Saints. say no. The Saints say no, you thank sure? you. We got that contract, that absolutely. You got to figure something out there, right? You got to finesse can't it a figure little bit. It, we can't figure out the You've salary cap on a bed. yearly basis as it is. We're going to add that kind of money to the mix? You've made your bet. Enjoy lying in it. The salary cap's not real. Well, the, the Saints aren't going to absorb all the whiz. dead cap. The Broncos got to deal with it no matter what. You might as well get a coach. No chance. No I don't have chance. a first-round pick, Joe. I know, but I came up with another way to do it. And it's a bad way. Well, it's at least worth well, talking I, about. No, I give him credit for being creative. But the it's Saints. no chance in my mind. The Saints, no chance. Not coming back there. No, I put absolutely they should do it. They should just have him be their coach again. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Keep the first-round pa- pick and get Sean Payton back. That would be helpful. The Green Bay Packers. I put not ready. No, no, no chance. chance. No, no chance. chance. No chance. They've got a good the, coach. The Carolina Panthers. I put not ready. I put not, not ready. ready. We're not there yet. We need that first round pick. We need to go to quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely should do it. Should absolutely do it. They are one of my three teams. No question. There's not a pick they could make under the Steve Kime regime that's going to be better than having Sean Payton as their head coach. I don't coach. think Sean would go there. It's one I of don't the two teams that have been rumored. Now, if, I agree with you guys, but. If he does, Kime's getting the boot, right? And Sean's just going to do. Player personnel as well. He's gonna get. He's gonna get the Bill Belichick treatment and just be the the guy. I would assume that would be the case. Now, the best thing you can do if you're the Arizona Cardinals is get a head coach that can fix whatever's going on with your quarterback. And Sean Payton feels like that guy, but I don't think he goes there. But I absolutely, I do put it. them in should consider. It's fair, but they 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 still need some talent too. Yeah, but right? we got to fix it. We have the quarterback. At least we think we do. We got to do it right by him. And by we, I mean everybody else. I'm out on Kyler. But... All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers. No I put, chance. No yeah, chance. No chance. The Las Vegas Raiders. They should consider not it. Re- not ready. No, nah, they should consider it. Get, get rid of that first. Chris, get it out got, of here. 
They have no talent in the trenches aside of right. Max we Crosby, we Dylan Parham, and Colton Miller. That's it. You're, you're telling me you've, we bring You've we got we like 10 Josh, starters on the, the, the line of scrimmage. You've got three. We keep Carr. We bring Josh Jacobs back. I got Carr, Adams, Waller, Jacobs, Sean Payton coaching him up. I'm going to score 48 points a game. I don't need a defense. This is this is where I was alluding to. I had some ideological I discrepancies here. I they are not ready in my mind to make this kind of move. The Jaguars. No chance. No, no chance. chance. The Lions should absolutely consider it. We have two no. first-round picks. No, is, we can move one of them. We still have another one. We have all this talent on offense. You, We should absolutely do it. Sean Payton I, should absolutely be our next head coach if he wants to come to Detroit. No. We have an extra first. We are a the team that is thing primed about the for Lions this. right now is Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator. We could keep Ben. We don't have to get rid of Ben. Sean Payton a little redundant. I had them in not ready. Yeah, not ready. The Cleveland Browns. Well, they don't have well, a the, first-round pick. No, so chance. no chance. Yep. The Colts. Absolutely do it. They should consider it is where I have them. We got a lot they of should, needs, which is my problem. Cons- consider it. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can... Unless you're going to have absolute blind faith that all the young players that you brought in that were day two picks in the last two years to fill your critical needs are going to end up being the guys to fill those spots. Should consider. The Atlanta Falcons. Not ready. Not ready. That's right. I have them not ready. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely do it. They should consider it. We might need that first round pick to get a quarterback. It's my only concern. What quarterback are you excited about at pick 24? They're picking 24 right now. Just give them a couple weeks. They're going to win the division, guys. They're going to win it. And they might win a playoff game. You think they're gonna be, commanders are going to come to Tampa or the Giants or something like I, that? I almost watched the commanders beat the Bucks the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl. So don't start that with me. Uh, okay. I've Tampa the should consider. That's okay. where I have them as well, Kyle. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great minds think alike. The Seattle Seahawks. No chance. No, no chance. chance. The New England Patriots. Should consider. No chance. No chance. Joseph. What should a, consider. Bill Belichick's 70 years old, guys. He's 70. Right, but Bill, the GM, has to decide to give up the first-round pick to get Sean the head coach. You can see the you can see the ideological problem we have there. Why wow, talk about setting up your team well when for when you get out of there? Right, because Bill doesn't have an ego at all. Not not at all. I think there's no chance that it that it happens or that it would happen because Bill has control of football operations. But Joe, like I don't necessarily disagree with your thought process. I just think Bill is too big of a roadblock, and I don't know that Robert Kraft is going to bounce him unless they fall apart down the stretch. That'd be great for the Patriots. I agree with you. They're just ideologically it can't happen. Okay. Well I'm telling you whether or not I think they should do it or not. The Los Angeles Chargers should absolutely do it. Yeah. This absolutely. is this is absolutely the team. Out of yes. all of the teams that we have, this is absolutely the team that should be ready to push send in my mind. Send you have talent. It's not as though oh, well, we got two needs at critical spots or an expiring contract here for a player that plays a premium. Nah, like right. you guys got a lot of talent right. and you have continued to float right along the 500 line in spite of that. And then you think about this Lombardi offense and what it asks of Justin Herbert what versus what Justin Herbert is capable of doing. And like, I get Sean Payton with Drew Brees was a lot of, timing and and quick stuff and taking free access and and finding completions. But you don't think Sean Payton wouldn't like, based on how giddy he was to get Taysom freaking Hill out there to play quarterback at times, wouldn't mind getting a guy with a cannon like Taysom Hill, who's an athlete like Taysom Hill and Justin Herbert, and have what you could do with Taysom Hill, not that I would recommend doing that to the degree (laughs) in which you did it with Taysom Hill, and the the passing ability of a top-tier NFL quarterback all in the same player? 
this is this was the team for me that was like, yes, you guys should do this. I mean, we're over here mocking them tight ends and and uh, right. run stuffers right in the first round of right. defense nose tackle. tackles and nose tackles and tight ends are the, right. the most popular yeah. mock picks right. for the Chargers. We right. can get them feel- one of those in the second round. Yeah, I feel like day two we could we could check those boxes with Sean. Right, Payton give him Mozzie Smith in the second round or Dalton Gagade in the second round and oh, Sean over Payton the moon. over the Come. moon. Yeah, I hope they don't do it. Stick with Staley. <laughs> the Commanders, not ready. Should, should not consider. ready. No, not ready. The Tennessee Titans. No chance. No, no chance. chance. The 49ers. No chance. No chance. No chance. The New York Jets. No chance. No chance. Not ready. Disrespectful to, to the to my uh, I, coach. L- listen, I, I have a, I have a great deal of respect for what Robert Sala has, has clearly put not together with his defense this year and the growth that they've shown. But would you not agree that Robert Sala to, to Sean Payton would be like an upgrade. Yeah, but there's coach. a culture that's being developed that I'm not going to like just throw to the wayside. Okay. And that's fair. I I mean, there, there's a whole separate subsection of this conversation about having an offensive minded head coach versus a defensive minded head coach. And, you know, Joe, we we've talked about this before on the show, as far as sustainability for your offense and having a defensive minded coach exposes you to additional, attrition and turnover in, in your offensive staff. So I, I just took some variables like that into play, but Robert Sala's like top five coach of the year candidate right now. Like I want to be abundantly clear. I have a great deal of respect, but I wouldn't in the same way that I wouldn't let a good player prevent me from drafting a great player. Robert Sala is not like automatic. No to Sean Payton for me. So that's why I put him in not ready as compared to no chance. The New York giants. No chance. No chance. I want. I want the same logic. Right. Yeah. I want Kyle, the same now logic. You're in a it's an you offensive. Gotta, want, no, I'm. I'm not because it's an offensive-minded coach. So you're going to say that you would rather have Brian Dable than Sean Payton? That's the ideological statement that you want to make right now. No, it's not. But at least you have sustainability. You, you don't he, have yourself susceptible to having teams come in and pluck all your offensive coaches and ruin everything you've established on the offensive side of the ball. The Bengals should consider it. Should consider. No chance. Come on now. They're, they're potentially going to win the division. Guy's been to the Super Bowl. Come on. What are we doing here? You're way better coach than Zach Taylor. That's why. Imagine with he would Burrow. Be a, he'd be a right. way better Imagine coach than Burrow. Brian Dable, right. but we couldn't get that going. So, yeah, Chris, don't get mad just because I said not ready for the Jets. Like, what? A well, your logic's not dialogue. consistent. That's the problem I have. With I it. just you gave you what... the explanation of an offensive-minded coach versus a defensive-minded right. coach, and then you just put a offensive-minded head coach in the should consider it bucket. Who went right to the because Super Bowl Zach last Taylor's year. not a good head coach. Do we know Brian Dable's a good head coach? Do we know? It's been eleven games. He's a first-year coach. They're a first-year coach. We have a large sample size on Zach Taylor. The Baltimore Ravens. No chance. No chance. No chance. The Miami Dolphins. Oh, but that was a special teams coach. I don't understand why you would take a special teams coach and say that he shouldn't get a chance to be replaced too because they could take your offensive coordinator. And... The Miami Dolphins. Right? Right? No chance. No chance. No, I, I, I disagree with you. I just don't want, I don't want to have the conversation. With me? Yeah, yes. Joe's on my Joe is on yeah. Team Chris here, and I'm he just, just won't fight just, the fight. Just, right, he won't bury yourself. Like, yeah, he okay, won't fight the good talking, fight bud. with me, but he'll <laughs> yeah. he's on my side here. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. No chance. No chance. Really? Yeah. I oh no, I'm sorry. Sh- I'm sorry. I have them and should consider it. Sorry, I made a oh. late change to that. Yes, my apologies. I have I have them and should consider. Should consider it. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. No chance. No chance. No, absolutely do it, right? Defensive minded head coach. Right, defensive minded head coach. You have to right. factor in the quality of the coach and what hey, kind of Sean runway Mc- he has. Sean McDermott cost him the win over the Chiefs in the right. playoffs. Right, we got to make, a, coach, man. We gotta make coach. a change. Bad coach. Wouldn't want him. You know, that, the culture, yeah. who cares? Hasn't been to a Super Bowl, right? Hasn't been, you know, no. been there for a long Said time. Josh What's that Allen, no Super Bowl. Hadn't even right. won the I, conference championship. I mean, imagine, you know, what Sean Payton would be. The Minnesota Vikings. No chance. No chance. No chance. But are we You're sure lying. he's not a better first coach year, than Kevin First O'Con- year, first year, first year, I don't know offensive-minded sure. coach instilling a culture. Yes. I don't, this isn't hard, guys. The Kansas City Chiefs. 
No chance. No chance. No chance. Well, he's won a Super Bowl, so we Wait. know for sure that he Wait. played in the Super Bowls and he coached the Super Bowl, so he's definitely better than Sean Payton. I, if Andy I don't know why Reed you're... retires, then yes, go do it. Trade trade thirty two for for uh, for Sean Payton. I don't know why you're getting mad at us. It's your logic that's flawed. I, I don't, you know, you can because I'm being personally attacked about a logic in which I've you, I, I've explained the difference between the two, and it's just like, oh no, he's a first year head coach, so it doesn't matter. Like Chris wasn't ready to fire Robert Sala in week three. That's true. That's true. Again, I, I have no problem with where you put Sala. It just wasn't. It was not consistent after that. That was my it, issue. It was, and I explained the difference. The Philadelphia Eagles. No chance. Uh, yeah, no chance. No chance for me as well. That was fun. I had a good time. That's all 32. <laughs> That's all 32. Yes, that's all 32. Teams. Wait, did we do? Why do I feel like we missed the Steelers? Did we do the Steelers? We did the Steelers did the very Steelers. early on okay. in the process. The yeah, because their their record's bad. Okay. We put so the, I mean, we I put the them no chance. Yes, we did the Titans. How many absolutely teams did you guys have? Three. Six. I landed one. The Chargers. I can appreciate that kind of elite tier. I can appreciate that. Yeah, well, I'm glad See? you can appreciate See, some we, part we can of be, my, my methodology we can be res- here. We can be respectful. We don't have to just, you know, <laughs> mock each other. We can be respectful about this. Now, the rest of your list, throw in the trash can. But the the fact that you only have one elite team, I can appreciate that. So if you if I told you that I only had six teams combined in absolute and should consider. I would, I would applaud that. And it was Chargers absolutely, and then should consider was Arizona, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, and Dallas. And I put Arizona and Indianapolis in there begrudgingly. And this for me came down to, I think college versus <coughs> college versus pro football. In college, what percentage of time would you say the more talented team wins? Oh, probably. Probably a 85%. An overwhelming majority, yeah. right? Yeah. What percentage of time in the NFL do you think the more talented team wins? I would say 55 60. to 65%. Yeah. A little bit more parity, right? Yeah. But what allows, what's the biggest difference maker for NFL teams? Coaching. You think so? I do think so. Situational do you think awareness. Coaching, do, you, do you think coaching or elite talent is the biggest needle mover for NFL teams? I'm watching the New York Giants without talent win seven games. Coaching. It's close. I think it's, it's a pretty reasonable debate, right? Yeah, it's close. It's I don't. I mean, I could go either way. I think if you're if you're a middle tier college program, coaching moves the needle, but an elite player moves the needle more. Hundred percent. Right. 100%. Because it's just, just there's the overwhelming right. ability. We, we've seen so, this. Yeah. So for an NFL team to have to invest in the coach, you have to have the talent already, in my mind. And I think there's very few landing spots that I could identify that say, you have the established talent across the entirety of your roster that could justify taking a premium asset to go get a head coach like this. So the teams that I had in, in the absolutely do it were Denver, which was a joke. Okay, Arizona, Indianapolis, the Chargers, the Saints, which was somewhat of a joke in the Bucks. So I really had five, four. I had four teams. If you counted the two jokes as as a half a team, then you had five. Yeah. But I think I think for certain for the teams that I went with, it's just like I feel like the Buccaneers coaching is their problem. The Chargers coach. We, we don't have to get into that. We know that. Arizona coaching is their problem. I know that they is have it, talent it, issues it, too. It, right. Yeah, but that, I, I don't believe it's their in it, number right? one problem. Right. It's they, not just, the only problem. I don't but it's their number one their problem. Coach. You think I coaching is their don't. number one problem? Number one problem. Then why are we demo- demonizing Steve Kime to the degree in which we are? Because he sucks too. Right. He, he he's one he's one A or one B. More, more than one thing can be true. But if you yeah. if you believe that coaching is a bigger issue than the general manager of the team. Didn't we do the whole thought exercise and like everybody on TDN staff said they'd rather keep Cliff than, than Steve Kime. When we asked you could only keep one, who would you pick? It wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. I picked Kime. Were we like the only ones? Cause I remember we talked about this on the pod and then we turned around and asked like the whole TDN staff and everyone's yeah. like, Kime's got to go. Like, right. <laughs> like really? Like, yeah, 
I think you and I were a little, were pretty in exclusive company there. I mean, they both should go. Let's 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 be. Oh, let's... Chris, how the how the turntables turn here with incongruent what, I, I, what opinions. Are you talking about? There's no incongruency. You Cliff is the number one the problem. No... <laughs> right, Cliff is the number one problem. But they both should go. Those two things don't aren't dependent of one another. A lot of money committed to those guys over the well, next. Well, that's what I didn't hand out the extensions in the off season. Wasn't that's me. That's right. Bidwell can afford to fly himself to the game every week, so. I don't know that. J- I don't. I don't. I don't get the punchline there. I don't get it. You didn't watch the 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 hard knocks. No. What's the deal? There? Bidwell's like a pilot, right? Is he correct? He's got a yes, pilot's he, license. He, he flew fly. himself to the game in week one or in episode one of like this year's in season Cardinals hard knocks. Like he flew himself to the game. Okay, so he lives in Arizona, right? So he just goes to the home games, and then he flies himself to away games. No, so he flew from the East Coast to a home game in Arizona. He doesn't live there. I think he was in in Washington for something oh, or something okay. like that. He's a rich dude. He just hangs out with rich people in different parts of yeah, the country. Yeah, it's different country. part. That's a different. I, I can't. It's yeah, a different lifestyle, you know, Joe. Like I, I know how much a private charter is, and I know how much like I know how much regular jet fuel costs chris i've seen the the ticket i just i just flew to miami and back in a day i i know how expensive the tickets are and i know a lot of that's because of the jet prices i can't or the the fuel prices i can't imagine flying my own plane couldn't be me could not be me either but that's going to do it for us today here on the show kyle krabs joe and chris schubert we hope you guys have a great rest of your day let us know what your list looks like which teams should consider trading assets for Sean Payton. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show as well. Make it a great day. Talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.